When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I want to tell you about Jumbo the Elephant, a real-life elephant who actually existed back in the 19th century. He's got quite a story behind him, let me tell you. Jumbo was a great big African bush elephant, well over three metres tall. Not unusually large for an African bush elephant, but still well above average. And, uh, aha, you're thinking, all right, yes, this must be why he was called Jumbo, because he was, you know, such a big fella. He was a jumbo-sized elephant. But no, I'll stop you there, because as a matter of fact, it is actually the other way around. Everything that is today described as being jumbo-sized, whether it's, you know, jumbo jets, jumbo trons, jumbo shrimp, this is because of Jumbo the Elephant and his status as the most famous elephant of the 19th century, or perhaps the most famous elephant in history, really. The story of Jumbo the Elephant goes back to late 1860 to Sudan or Eritrea. I read conflicting reports as to exactly where he was born, but somewhere near the western shore of the Red Sea in any case. Uh, towards the end of 1860, Jumbo was born and, um, well, yeah, look, he's... His story doesn't get off to a happy beginning, and to be honest with you, it doesn't have a happy ending either. And to be honest, by today's standards, it doesn't have a happy middle, because we're talking about an elephant that lived in captivity for almost its entire life here. But we will try to find what good we can in the story all the same. Anyway, very sadly, when Jumbo was just a little calf, his mother was shot and killed by local poachers, leaving him effectively an orphan. Uh, He ended up encountering other poachers shortly after his mother's death, but luckily these ones didn't kill him. They realised that he was worth a lot more alive, and so they captured him and they sold him to an animal trader who was Italian or maybe Austrian. Honestly, there are a lot of different stories about Jumbo, a lot of details that differ between sources. I'm trying to stick to what seems to be commonly accepted as fact about this elephant, Um, such as, for instance... The name of this animal trader, irrespective of where he was from, was Lorenzo Casanova, perhaps a a distant relative of Giacomo Casanova, episodes 120, 121, get across them. Uh, But this Casanova was going around chasing animals rather than going around chasing women, it seems. Anyway, Casanova happily bought this little elephant calf, knowing that he'd be able to uh, get a rich return by selling it to a zoo over in Europe. This was at a point in history where zoos and other public entertainment venues were really taking off. Casanova was confident he'd be able to make a tidy little profit for himself by transporting young Jumbo north to Europe. So Jumbo was taken, along with some giraffes, rhinoceroses and camels, and he was driven overland to the Red Sea, where all these animals were loaded into a steamer. Uh, And on this steamboat, they were taken north to Suez in Egypt, And then they took the train to Alexandria and then got on another ship across the Mediterranean to Trieste in Italy. So quite a journey for a young elephant. But uh, once in Europe, Casanova did his uh, his wheeling and dealing. And by the time we get to 1863, young Jumbo ended up in a zoo called the Jardin des Plantes in Paris. He's still smallish at this stage, still a calf. 
But the French are happy enough to snag him so he can join the other African elephants they already had on display in the zoo. Unfortunately, however, unfortunately for Jumbo, uh, he wasn't too well looked after in Paris. As the zoo already had two fully grown African elephants, Jumbo lived in their shadow. He wasn't a priority for the keepers there. He wasn't much of an attraction. Um, But all the same, he stayed in Paris for, for two years, largely not being looked after all that well. But then... In 1865, the British came sniffing around, hoping to add an African elephant to their collection, to the collection of the Zoological Society of London. The British didn't have an African elephant. They had all sorts of other exotic animals. They had Indian and Asian elephants, but they didn't have an African elephant. And as the French had three, this simply wouldn't do at all. So the British negotiated with the French for Jumbo and a deal was struck. Jumbo would be traded for an Indian rhinoceros, a pair of eagles, some dingoes and a possum. I don't know why the possum was just well, it was just thrown in as a little little bonus, little sweetener at the, to, to, to make sure the deal went through. I don't know. But anyway, that was the price that the, 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 the French agreed to. They drove a hard bargain, especially as poor old Jumbo wasn't in very good nick. When he arrived in London, transported in a big crate on a ship across the English Channel, Jumbo was haggard, unkempt, underfed. He's looking absolutely bloody miserable, the poor little bugger. And he still is only little. He's only five years old. African elephants don't become fully independent until they're 10 or 12. But here, after arriving in London, here is where young Jumbo had a bit of a change of fortune. He had a bloke named Matthew Scott assigned to him as his keeper. People in London were very excited to have an African elephant on display at the zoo. Indian or Asian elephants were a common enough sight in Britain, especially given the British colonial rule in India. But an African elephant was another thing altogether. However, before Jumbo could be put out into the public view, he had to rest and recover a bit. And I'm very glad to say that his new keeper, Scott, seemed to take very good care of him. Scott, who prior to this had exactly zero experience dealing with elephants, looked after Jumbo to the best of his ability, making sure he was fed and cleaned and and generally just taken care of. And so the story goes, he also named him. This is a very, very interesting part of the story of Jumbo. It's a bit of a mystery as to what exactly Jumbo refers to. Today, obviously, it means big, but that's because this elephant was named Jumbo, not the other way around, as I said before. Before he was named this, the word Jumbo had a few different connotations, apparently. It was obscure slang meaning clumsy, but it was also also very close to the Swahili word Jumba, meaning chief. So I don't know. I don't know exactly where Jumbo came from, and I don't even know if Scott was the bloke who gave this elephant the name, but it doesn't matter because once Jumbo got his name, this word took on an entirely new meaning altogether, one that, of course, it still has today. I'm happy to tell you that Jumbo did a lot better under Scott's care, initially at least, uh, and the two seemed to have quite a close bond. Scott wrote about his experiences as as uh, Jumbo's keeper and talked about how he did his best to look after poor old Jumbo, who, now that he was receiving a, a reasonable amount of care, grew and grew and grew. You'll often hear stories about how Jumbo was the biggest elephant on earth, and these stories are not true. At his biggest, he was about three and a quarter metres tall at the shoulder. So pretty bloody huge, really, in the in the grand scheme of things, certainly. But there are documented cases of African bush elephants growing to four metres or more in size. So while Jumbo was indeed Jumbo-sized, 
Um, he wasn't as colossal as, as as you might think. Still very bloody big. I mean, go and have a look at a picture of an African bush elephant next to, I don't know, a car, and you'll, you might be surprised by just how bloody big elephants are. Anyway, as he grew, he became a headline attraction at the London Zoo. Everyone wanted to see Jumbo. People piled in to see this mighty elephant and then a second elephant uh, when she arrived, Alice, who was billed as Jumbo's wife. In the earlier years of his captivity in London, Jumbo was pretty chilled out. He was happy to hang out with Scott, who, not wasting the opportunity to make a bit of extra money on the side, started to offer buns for sale that you could feed to Jumbo. But that was just the start, because Scott also made a fair bit of money giving kids the opportunity to ride on Jumbo's back for a small fee, and seemingly he just pocketed all this cash for himself. Imagine that at the zoo these days. Imagine a zookeeper being like, oh, you got 20 bucks? You want to come and, you want to, you want to come and cuddle a penguin? Just don't, just don't tell my boss. Anyway, countless children had the time of their lives clambering up onto Jumbo's back and going for a little ride, uh, including, interestingly, some very famous historical figures. Winston Churchill, for instance, is known to have ridden on Jumbo at one point, and Queen Victoria herself was a big fan of the elephant. She didn't, she didn't ride Jumbo herself, but she did take her kids down to London Zoo, and they all enjoyed going for elephant rides as well. As jolly as all this sounds, however, um, overall... I don't think Jumbo loved being in captivity. When both of his tusks broke off in his enclosure, he kept grinding them down against the walls whenever they regrew, which is a sure sign of anxiety and stress in elephants. And as the years passed, he became less placid and less docile, less chilled out. Jumbo started becoming restless and even aggressive to the point that it was dangerous for anyone other than Scott to approach him. In fact, he became so aggro that the superintendent of the London Zoo, a bloke named Abraham Bartlett, decided that it might be time to get rid of Jumbo altogether. I read in one place that there was actually a plan to put the poor bugger down. I'm not sure if that's true. In any case, thankfully, it didn't happen. Because after 17 years in London, Jumbo moved to a new home after an extremely controversial and unpopular decision was made, Bartlett decided to sell Jumbo. The interested buyer was a fellow named P.T. Barnum, who you may have heard of, famous entertainer, a showman, a hoax enthusiast. And in 1882, the decision was made to sell Jumbo to Barnum for the princely sum of 2,000 British pounds, 10,000 US dollars, almost 300,000 US dollars in today's terms. People in London were outraged. They couldn't believe it. Queen Victoria herself was petitioned by thousands and, and thousands of people to do something, block the sale, to keep Jumbo in Britain. Uh, a newspaper, the Daily Telegraph, offered to outbid Barnum in order to have him abandon the sale, but... It was no good. Barnum was determined to take Jumbo across the Atlantic and add him to his travelling circus. And not just Jumbo, too. You'll be pleased to know that Scott was also part of the deal. Taken on as an employee by Barnum, man and elephant were a package deal, and so Jumbo didn't have to say goodbye to his friend. Jumbo was loaded onto a ship once again after all those years and uh, and departed Britain forever. He sailed across the Atlantic to the US where Barnum did not waste time in showing off his latest acquisition. Jumbo was put on display in Madden, Madison Square Garden in, uh, in New York City. And I'll tell you this, people were so bloody keen to see this elephant that Barnum made back the money he'd spent on Jumbo in 
three weeks. And that was just the start of things for Barnum. Jumbo joined his traveling circus, and after seven or eight months on the road, the circus had made $1.75 million. So Barnum had made a very good investment in buying Jumbo. Uh, He was a very profitable elephant. He also happily seemed to be doing a little bit better psychologically speaking. Barnum had other elephants that Jumbo was able to hang out with when he wasn't working. uh, And Jumbo seemed to like this. Barnum billed Jumbo as the biggest elephant on earth. Never let the truth get in the way of making a dollar. And once again, Jumbo was the star of the show. He was also used in publicity stunts. Barnum loved a spectacle. Uh, For instance, in 1884, Barnum had Jumbo and 20 other elephants walk across the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. Now, why did he have them do this? Because people were concerned that the Brooklyn Bridge was going to collapse and that it wasn't safe to travel across. And Barnum, again, always ready to put on a show for people, helped the city of New York demonstrate that the Brooklyn Bridge was indeed as safe as anything by parading elephants across it. And this did the trick. Obviously, the Brooklyn Bridge didn't collapse. It still stands there today. Jumbo spent three years travelling around as part of Barnum's circus. Um, However, sadly, he struggled with health issues as time went on. He wasn't well. I couldn't find out exactly what was wrong with him. It was some sort of wasting disease. He really wasn't in a good way, the poor bugger. But it was not poor health that killed poor old Jumbo. No, it was, tragically, a moving train. On the 15th of September, 1885, Jumbo was crossing some railway tracks. It was very, very common for the circus to be at or around the railway. It was how they got around, travelling along with all these animals and all the other equipment they needed to take here, there and everywhere. It was much easier to do it by train than you know, loading everything up onto carts. And sadly, as Jumbo was crossing these tracks to go back to the boxcar in which he was, uh, he was transported around, another train came racing along the track, struck Jumbo and killed him, more or less instantly. The poor bugger. Some have said it was a mercy for him to die in this way, as he, he really wasn't in good health. But all the same, after a lifetime of hard work as a captive zoo animal, it is a, it's a nasty way to go to be taken out by a train. Barnum, as you might expect, profited from Jumbo's death as best he could. He toured with Jumbo's stuffed hide and skeleton before donating the hide to Tufts University, where it sadly was destroyed by a fire in 1975. And he donated the skeleton to the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. This skeleton was re-examined by scientists in 2017 for a TV show, and they found that he probably lived his entire life with a toothache because he wasn't fed food that was hard enough to wear down his molars. Poor Jumbo. Bloody hell. The poor bugger went through a lot. But after everything that this elephant went through, Jumbo's legacy still lives on today. Not only is he perhaps the most famous elephant to ever have existed, his name has also entered the English language. As we've talked about, it has become a very common way to describe anything from sea creatures to aeroplanes to those big screens at the basketball as being large, mighty, or powerful, just like Jumbo himself. 